What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast show, wherever you may be in the world today. This is Steve Schallenberger, your host. And we honor you and are grateful that you are part of this show today. The fact is that you are taking the time to listen in. And it says so much about you. You're a learner. You want to improve. You believe in the, in the wonderful quote, good, better, best. Never let it rest till the good gets better and the better gets best. And also, I think, means that you're humble and hungry to be the best that you can be. And for that reason, we and I am deeply grateful to be together with you on this podcast show today. The subject we will discuss today is one of great importance and has an enormous impact on the success and happiness of every single person. It is the habit that will bring you greater success, productivity, happiness, peace, and focus. And the habit is control what you can control. What is the definition of success anyhow? (laughs) Well, here's one definition for your consideration. Happiness, joy, strong, meaningful relationships, professionally being among the best of what you do, making enough to meet your needs of shelter, food, education, and the needs of life, and in business to make enough so that there is a surplus left over at the end of the day for long-term sustainability and an adequate return on investment for sustainability. So what's the opposite of success? Well, maybe constant stress, anxiety, upset, cross or cranky feelings, worn out, not fulfilled, broken or unsure relationships, professionally dissatisfied, hopelessly in debt, and revenue stalled and and losing money. Well, (laughs) those are tough. They do represent learning experiences, but That's not what we'd really call success, right? So what a difference in both feelings and results between these two. So what to do? What is the answer to getting and staying on the right track? Well, one thing that you can do right now, immediately, that will have a huge impact on your success and happiness, both in the short term and long term, is the focus on the habit to control what you can control. So let's just think together. What are some things that you cannot control? Well, you cannot control others, what they say, what they think, or what they do. You might try, but that usually backfires with time. You cannot control the weather, the traffic, or other drivers, others' emotions, others' decisions, competitors, natural disasters, injuries, Health, you can control what you do to try to have good health, but sometimes it goes south or the success or failure of others, diseases, death, and taxes. Now, think about what it feels like when you spend your time worrying or thinking about the things you cannot control. 
You might feel frustration, worry, anxiety, upset, stress, fear, blame, anger, dismay, rage, helplessness, and even sadness. Now, on the other hand, think about what things that you can control. You can control your thoughts, your actions, your choices, and as a result, ultimately, your feelings. And what are some examples of this? If someone gets in your face, for example, or cuts you off on the road, you can choose to be kind, calm, and at peace. You're free to choose. The formula for this is E plus R equals O. In other words, E represents the event, R represents your response, and O represents the outcome that you get. More than not, you cannot control the event. However, if you want a good outcome, it requires a good response. And how many times out of a (laughs) hundred? Well, every time. The habit then is to focus on a response that is within your control and that is good. This does take discipline, right? And discipline leads to confidence that you will get to the right outcomes. It's been said to develop a new habit that it takes 62 to 65 times of doing something over and over until you get it right. Each time creates a new neural pathway in your brain that ultimately becomes the way that you do things. And it will take determination, perseverance, and discipline over and over again. And it is definitely worth it. E, the event. And good responses equals good outcomes. For example, if there is a fire and your business or home are burned to the ground, you can choose your response. The following article is shared by Richard Filoni in 2014. Quote, at about 5.30 in the evening on December 10th, 1914, a massive explosion erupted in West Orange, New Jersey. Ten buildings in legendary inventor Thomas Edison's plant, which made up more than half of the site, were engulfed in flames. Between six and eight fire departments rushed to the scene, but the chemical-fueled inferno was too powerful to put out quickly. And according to a 1961 Reader's Digest article by Edison's son, Charles, Edison calmly walked over to him as he watched the fire destroy his dad's work. In a childlike voice, Edison told his 24-year-old son, go get your mother and all your friends. (laughs) They'll never see a fire like this again. When Charles objected, Edison said, it's all right. We've just got rid of a lot of rubbish. (laughs) Later at the scene of the blaze, Edison was quoted in the New York Times as saying, although I am over 67 years old, I'll start all over again tomorrow. He told the reporter he was exhausted from remaining at the scene until the chaos was under control, but he stuck to his word and immediately began rebuilding the next morning without firing any of his employees. Was there any other viable response? Well, in the new book, in uh, this new book, The Obstacle is the Way, The Timeless Art of Turning Trials into Triumph, Arthur Ryan Holiday says there wasn't. Sure, Edison could have wept, yelled in anger, or locked himself in his house in a state of depression. But instead, he put on a smile. 
and he told his son to enjoy the spectacle. <laughs> to do great things, we need to be able to endure tragedy and setbacks, Holiday writes. We've got to love what we do and all that it entails, good and bad. We have to learn to find joy in every single thing that happens. After thoroughly surveying the damage, Edison determined that he had lost $919,000, about $23 million in today's dollars, maybe more, according to Matthew Josephson's uh, biography. And the flames had consumed years of priceless records and prototypes, and his plant's insurance covered only about a third of the damage. But just after three weeks, with a sizable loan from his friend Henry Ford, Edison got part of the plant up and running again. His employees worked double shifts and set to work producing more than ever. Edison and his team went on to make almost $10 million in revenues the following year. Edison's story is a powerful example of Stoicism, the ancient Greek philosophy that Holiday explores in his book, and Holiday explains that the Stoics were not emotionless men devoid of feelings, but rather men who practiced total control over their emotions in a way that acknowledged forces far beyond their control. And Holiday uses philosopher and writer Nassim Nicholas Tabla's definition to describe a, a Stoic, someone who transforms fear into prudence, pain into transformation, mistakes into initiation, and desire into undertaking. It's fine to initially respond to loss or failure with sadness or anger, says Holiday, but only if it's fleeting. When tragedy strikes, you must accept that it has happened and that you cannot change the past. Finding the opportunity to overcome a challenge ultimately makes you stronger. Edison not only mastered his, his emotions, but he also instilled this mindset in his employees. As A.H. Wilson, his vice president and general manager, told the Times after the flames had died down, there's only one thing to do, and that is to jump right in and rebuild. This is an inspiring example of E, the event, plus a good response or a great response produces a good or great outcome. That is the whole heart of good, better, best. And we're after yielding great outcomes. <laughs> Another less maybe important example than Edison's is this last week, I attended an event with the Young Presidents Organization in the mountains east of Salt Lake City in the beautiful, stunning mountains. My dear friend and date joined me. We met at a park and ride since she was coming down from about a half hour north, and I was coming up about 40 minutes from the south of Salt Lake City at the base of the mountain, where we left her electric car. We took my electric car up the mountain about five miles, up in the forest, the beauty, the solace of that wonderful place, so amazing. And we had a reception with about 60 people, had dinner, and then entertainment. At about 9.30 p.m., all of a sudden, at the end of the dance troupe that we were watching after we had had the dinner, and my companion, Vicki, had a panic moment. And she said, oh, my, I left my fob, which is the car key, in my car. 
And in the car is my purse, credit cards, everything. And the car is unlocked. I responded, well, let's get back down the mountain, be sure everything's okay. I'm sure it is. That's the good response, right? And when we got to my car in the dark, I might add, which I had been opening and starting through my phone since I had misplaced my fob the week before, when we got to my car, there was no response from my phone or my car. It then hit me. There was no internet that high up in the mountain. The event was there, right? And it wasn't pretty. Rather than complain, blame, or criticize, we decided to solve the problem the best we could. Vicki was so supportive and positive. That really helped. And after trying to solve the problem with many different options, looking for internet connection and remote interconnection, whatever it was, we decided to send Vicki back down the hill with George and Mimi Murdoch, who had stayed around to help out and to be sure that she was okay. She went down and sure enough, her car was there, no problem. She was able to head home and where she could be safe. That was all good and and it had a good income. Well, all the other guests had now gone home and the YPO chapter administrator and her husband, Heidi and Jordan Bodily, were so generous to hang out with me. I mean, we're the only ones left up in the mountain. It was getting late and cold outside. Well, by 11, the tow truck we'd called an hour earlier had not arrived. We called back and the tow truck service said, sorry, we couldn't find a driver. (laughs) There's another event. Well, we just pleasantly continued to try to arrange for a tow truck that could get us down the mountain just five miles to get back to internet service and I would be on my way. Well, by midnight, we decided it was important to get Heidi and Jordan home to their children who were being watched by Heidi's sister. They still had a 45-minute drive ahead of them. So we drove down the five miles back into East Salt Lake on the bench of the mountains, where I realized that my wonderful cousin, Randy and Hope Quarles, lived just four minutes from where I was at the moment. So at 12.15, I called Hope's cell, and she groggily answered, Hello? I explained the situation and Hope, which is an appropriate name for this situation, invited me over to stay overnight or whatever I needed. I called an Uber and Heidi and Jordan headed home and I headed to the Corals home. I was now in a warm, safe place and could work out the tow truck situation and warmth and security. Finally, at 3 a.m., I received a call from the towing service that they could have a tow truck there by 9 (laughs) a.m. I explained that I had a seminar scheduled at 9.30 the next morning and that that would not work, and I canceled the request. I just went to sleep and had a new plan, the response, right, in mind. I got a good rest, got up at 7 a.m., and took an Uber home, which is 40 miles south, and got ready for my seminar that I was delivering. That all worked. That was a good plan. And on the way home in the Uber, I called the Tesla Road Service. They arranged to pick up the car. They were pleasant, wonderful. Take it to the service center close by. Make two new fobs, which would have opened the car up in the mountains because it was Bluetooth and not internet. And they said, no problem. I picked up my car at the end of the day and all was good. (laughs) The moral of the story is all because of a lost fob, 
right? And I'd had the feelings I should replace it earlier and was working on it, but not quick enough. Well, this experience actually had a positive outcome. We solved the problem. We learned a ton. All was well with Vicki. And this gave us something to laugh about. I've heard that crisis plus time can often lead to humor. Well, that is certainly the case here. It was a chance to become much better acquainted with Heidi and Jordan, the chance to be together with my awesome cousins, Randy and Hope, and gratitude for George and Mimi. So many were willing to help. It was a great outcome. We focused on what we could control in a positive way, which produced an amazing outcome. It could have turned ugly, right? For a lot of reasons, we could have blamed and criticized for the poor service that seemed to be apparent. But it was positive and how it came out, and we will laugh about it for years to come. So, so grateful for that. And that is a really good example of controlling what you can control. So what are some things, some of the most important things that you can do that develops this habit of controlling what you can control? Well, here's a little checklist of a few things that you can do. Number one, maintain a positive frame of mind, positive thoughts always. Watch your thoughts and words. Be determined. Only positive, upbeat, healthy thoughts will be what are exist in your mind and in your uh, set of emotions. That's number one. Number two is create a meaningful, inspiring personal vision statement. This will help define in advance your response and helps you to consistently respond with with good or great responses to things that happen or to the event. Number three is to have a clearly written smart set of annual goals done by roles in your life. So personal, you know, it's taking care of yourself in the different dimensions as a partner or spouse, significant other, another role might be parent or grandparent, another role, certainly work or professional, maybe another is civic, family and friends. So uh, identifying your key six or seven roles, and then what are my goals this year by those roles? What this does is this places in your mind between your vision, which is the direction in life and your goals of what you're going to do this year, which, by the way, are your good responses in advance before the event ever comes up which allows you to have a good or great outcome really in advance, right? So number one, positive frame of reference. Always have positive thoughts. Number two, a a really meaningful and inspiring personal vision. Number three, clearly written smart annual goals by your roles. And now number four is do pre-week planning. Take a few minutes during the weekend to actually plan out your week through the lens of your roles, those five, six, seven roles, and what are the key actions you can take this week to make it a great week? And then you set up your week according to your calendar, commitments that you have, and sketch it out. And now before you ever start the week, you're already in a positive frame of reference, positive mindset, right? And as things happen, now you can move things around and and take care of the things that matter most. If you want some tips or pointers on how to write a meaningful, positive personal vision or how to set really clearly written goals or how to do pre-week planning, that's why we wrote our new book, Do What Matters Most. 
It's really built on research and science on how to consistently hit the bullseye of the things that matter most in life. And so for those that are interested, it'll be a great resource to you to help with these things that we've just talked about. Because after all, leaders are readers, and you are rarely the same after reading a good book. So these are all ways to program your mind so that you can help to control what you can control and have a place to go in the moment of crisis. Here are just a few other things that you can do. Number five is to be a reader and a learner. Books, podcasts, TED Talks, seminars. I mean, you're listening to this podcast today. There's a transcript of it, so you can read it. All of these things reinforce excellence. Seminars, audio books, tirelessly looking for good, positive resources. Number six, be around good people. People that build, inspire, encourage, lift, and love you. These all help you to respond in the right way. And the last one, number seven, launch each day with a good becoming your best type morning routine that produces a greater capacity and internal reserve to provide positive responses, which in turn helps you provide positive outcomes. The type of things you just do in a morning routine is when you get up, you make your bed, you drink water, you take a moment to ponder, reflect, meditate, and pray, exercise, and now get focused on having a great day. Just those few things every day, that routine really helps. So I love this quote by Joseph B. Worthland, who once shared an entire talk on come what may and love it. This is a prime example of controlling what you can control, making lemonade out of the lemons. So today we'd like to extend to you a 21-day challenge. For 21 days, provide only positive, good responses to the events that come up in your life, regardless of what they are. Use only positive words, no negative words, no criticism, blaming, or condemning for 21 days and watch what happens because during that time, you will most likely have the 62 to 65 repetitions of being positive and developing the habit of positive responses and positive outcomes. I love the comment by Edward Everett Hale. I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do that something that I can do. And that something is a positive response on focusing on the things that you can control that make all the difference in the world. It has been a delight to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being who you are. We wish you all the best today. This is Steve Schallenberger signing off. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, It would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764.
800-800-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.